Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Spirits and Ghost Stories. I'm your host, Thomas Ahrens. And I'm Carly Bird. Week 29. We are, you know, I feel like this is a running theme with me, but we'll keep it going. Sorry that this is so late. Life has been a little crazy. Um, You know, we usually have this stuff done and out by midnight on Wednesday, ready to go for Thursday morning. But because life happened, we decided, you know what, let's just live stream this Thursday morning, get it out there to the public. Yep. We are one week away from 30, 30 weeks in the book, which is more than half of 52. So we are definitely getting math. I know math, right? I rock at it. Uh, we got some really cool episodes in the, the pipeline for you guys. Sorry about the audio from last week. I just started my coffee. That's okay. <coughs> this is our first time on camera. She gets very nervous. Um, oh, wow. But um, yeah. So next week, got a really, really cool episode uh, uh, that I will actually be presenting. And then Carly has the week after that. So yeah, it's like Carly three weeks in a row, then Tom, then Carly three weeks in a row, then Tom. Pretty much like that since my schedule is a little crazy right now. But we'll hopefully be getting back to normal here shortly. Um, Yeah. So drinking today. What are we drinking? Water. Agua. Coffee bean. What are you drinking? Oh, coffee. I thought you said agua. I s- said yours was agua. Mm. Mine's a- he needs coffee clearly this morning. Yeah, I do actually need some. So we are still doing our cleanse. Um, we will be going back to our, our regular alcohol consumption here in the future. But, you know, we're just taking a little time off because personal health, drink responsibly, eat well, get ripped. Amen. Amen. So, Carly, what are we reading tonight? What What is the, the story? So today, um, you know, we've been on this kick of, of going through mythological creatures and whatnot. Mm. I still want to keep that ball rolling. However, I thought it would be fun to throw in a fun little ghost story for us this week um, that someone sent to us. I thought it was a good story and I really, really wanted to share that. So we're going to take a break on the mythological creatures. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Well, what do we got? All right. Today's story, let me take a sip of my coffee. Take this on the right tube this time. Today's story, buckle up for the tale of the sinister soul. Ooh. We got a ghost story again, folks. Yes. We're back to the ghost story. I told story you, like, we're getting back to the old grind mm-hmm. of what we used to do. All right. As a clairvoyant, I have a fair share of weird and beautiful encounters with spirits and entities. Most have been good, some bad, but I have only ever dealt with a few evil ones. This is a fairly long read detailing my encounters with the witch who tormented me for five years in the most horrendous ways. I do not know how she found me or why she hated me, but I will tell you when I ever saw when I saw her. I dreamt I had entered into a small country pub. The ceilings were low and it had that fusty smell of beer and thyme. Outside the windows was a quiet rural lane surrounded by hedgerows and what looked like farmers' fields beyond that. A lovely little Great Britain pub. It was a lovely, warm day, but the scene was eerily quiet. There were two sections of the pub. One side was devoid of anyone and what looked like a working bar, 
The other side was closed off to the public and looked like it was being used to store old furniture. Mm. I found myself wandering around the table admiring a beautiful antique writing bureau when suddenly I felt disoriented. My legs started to give way as my head began to spin out of nowhere. My center of gravity was thrown out of whack and I stumbled onto the floor and a fear I could not explain started to overcome me. I knew something was wrong and I had the feeling of being circled by a predator, one I could not see. In state of panic, I shuffled back on the floor until my back made contact with something solid, an old rusty chest of drawers. And I tried to calm my breathing, not making any sense of why I felt like I was in so much danger. Then I heard a disturbing, croaky, death-rattle-like sound above me. I was terrified, but I found myself slowly raising my head to see what was there. I couldn't help it. I shouldn't have had that. I, sh- I shouldn't have looked, but that macabre sound drew my attention like a moth to the flame. Slowly leering over the top of the drawers, directly above my face, came into view, looming down over me. It was a woman, gorgeous if not cold-looking. Pale blonde curls, pinned on the top of her head, icy blue eyes. Young, no more than 30, but her mouth was the most terrifying. It was stretched open into a gaping black hole with torn, cracked flesh stretching even further, making her face a disfigured, warped, horrifying mess. Good lord. The rattling was coming from within that cavernous abyss. I have never felt a fear like it. The The sort which strips your brain of any normal function and sends your gut plummeting. I could barely scream. I was that scared. It was more like a high-pitched, hysterical whimper, which barely left my mouth as her face came closer. Dear God. Then I woke up sweating and still trying to scream. As disturbing as the dream was, I thought it was just that, a nightmare. Although I have never been able to get her face out of my head for all of these years. Roughly six weeks later, I had another nightmare in which I was involved in a vicious assault on the street outside my home. In this dream, the police came, and as I was being pinned to the ground and and arrested with the assailants, I noticed a figure walking around the periphery of the circle of the police. As my face was being pushed into the ground, it was hard to see who it was, but they were getting closer and closer to the tangle of bodies on the floor. As the police pulled me up, I saw it was a crooked old woman, bedraggled and dirty hair hanging in her face. It was full of debris and dirt. She was in an old-fashioned night dress. My stomach lurched, and although she looked different, I thought it was the same woman I had countered in my nightwear weeks before. As if she sensed my realization... She rapidly lurched forward between the police, holding me in my in place, and sank her teeth into my arm. What the hell? And disappeared, leaving my arm an immediate septic mess, crawling with maggots and decaying. The pain was what I woke up to. I bolted upright, expecting to see teeth marks on my forearm, forearm as it throbbed, and although there were none, the area was red as if it had been pinched. 
she has to be on mushrooms or some kind of like this is this is vivid dream this is like something you would dream about honestly yeah i would totally would i as i was reading this i was honestly thinking hey it kind of sounds like the nightmares that i have i mean i don't have anything of like a ghost trying to attack me but i have crazy dreams i just last night's dream was crazy (laughs) you just sleep yeah, I mean, I just sleep. That's, you know, get a good sleep in. Wait, you have it. We'll, 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 we'll put a pen in that. We'll get back okay. to that later. Okay. <laughs> I suspected then that these were not ordinary dreams and that she was a separate entity, not some reoccurring imaginary figure. I didn't know yet that she was a witch, but the more she encroached into my dreams and life, the more I psychically saw snippets of her. Mm. She had a knack for showing herself two different ways. One way was the young, beautiful woman, although never again with that hideous, deformed mouth, and the other was a stereotypical hag. Every few weeks, I would encounter her in my dreams, which I figured out she was a dreamwalker, as I called this gift. Not sure if it's the correct term. A spirit or entity that can manipulate someone's dreams. And another dream, she was standing by my bed, her hand around my throat, slowly squeezing until I couldn't breathe, until I woke up violently, gasping for breath. I had that same experience several times. Although time, another time, on my day off work, I woke up and I felt lazy, and decided to lounge in bed a little bit longer. I laid in bed in and out of sleep until I became acutely aware of someone very close to me, staring at the back of my head. I knew it was her, and everything inside me screamed, do not turn around and look at her. Ah! That scared me. That scared the heck out of me. She always forgets she has an alarm set, guys. Sorry about that. That was horrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I went, ah! That was good. Okay. I don't even know where I was. Like, that jolted me. (sighs) I woke up gasping for breath. I became acutely aware of someone very close to me, staring at the back of my head. I knew it was her, and everything inside me screamed, do not turn around and look at her. So I stayed still, face pushed into my pillow. Then something peculiar happened. As if I was standing in the corner of my bedroom, I could see everything. Lying in bed, covered up and face down, hovering about two feet above my body parallel to me. There was an opaque, brown, swirling, humanoid mass. Mm. Other times, I would dream she was hovering above me and in a half-sleeping-slash-awake state. Too terrified to move, she would reach inside my chest and I could feel an odd pressure on my heart, squeezing, causing it to beat out of rhythm. Good lord. Yeah, these are terrifying. All I could do was lay there and pray that I didn't have a heart attack, as the thumping of my heart inside my chest would speed up rapidly and then slow down so there were seconds between each beat. I tried putting a protection boundary around my home, but it never seemed to keep her out. In the end, my spirit guides shut me down entirely to protect me from her. I guess being psychically open was what kept the link between us. 
The complete radio silence I had for about three years was eerie, to say the least, and not something I was used to having, as random spirits popping in and out had been my way of life since I was about 11 years old. So if you're clairvoyant, it just means you have really good Wi-Fi signal and you just basically connect with everybody? I actually Googled it, and clairvoyant means that you have a... Um, you have a look into another realm. You have like a seventh sense that you or sixth sense that you can basically um, you see into the spirit world and then they can connect and communicate with you. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, That's so crazy too. Like, I don't know. I feel like that'd be a curse to have something like that, to have that ability. It's like if you could always read everybody's minds and then all of a sudden you're overwhelmed with listening to everybody's thoughts at once. Like it would drive you insane. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be able to handle that kind of lifestyle at all. And nobody would believe you, Mm-mm. you know, no. but it would be your reality, See, that's whether it's true or false person, or whatever. That's what every homeless person is like, apparently. They just have psychic abilities and all the voices get in. They're de- basically the X-Men and we should put them in the military. There you go. Go for it. Welcome to Tom's TED Talk. All right. It did the job, and I didn't see her again for three years. When I became pregnant with my daughter, I unintentionally started to open up again. Why? I only had two more experiences with her after this, although it was disheartened. I was disheartened to know she was still linked to me. What do you mean, why? I just decided, like, I, you know, I, I, I have no problems for a while, and I decided, yellow. You know, let's try again. Like, I don't know. Like, if something was, like, reaching into my chest to stop my heart, pretty sure I stop. You know, guess what? I've I've quit Red Bull. I had reasons. Like, you know what? I'm done. This is good. And that's a minor thing compared to a freaking ugly, rotting demon woman touching my heart or whatever. That would pretty much, like, uh, it doesn't take, fool me once, you know, <laughs> twice, I'm good. We're fine. That's very true. I mean. <sighs> I stop Ouija boards if that would happen. Oh. I would stop talking about Ouija board. Now, again, like, because I think 99% of the time you do a Ouija board, it'd be like nothing happens and everyone, all the religious people would be like, freaking out, but nothing would happen. But that, yeah, then if like Satan exploded there and left, it'd be like, cool, ladies and gentlemen, on live air, we proved it is correct. Burn all of them. We're done. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. I don't know. I kind of just see her from the perspective of she's built like relationships with other spirits and things like that. And mm-hmm. it was almost like taking away one of her senses. Yeah. It's like, are you taking away like touch from somebody? And she hasn't had that sense for three years. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then maybe she just let her guard down. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Getting busy with having a kid and whatnot. I don't know. That's just my perspective. The night she showed herself again, she entered my dream as usual. I was laying in bed, and in this dream, I woke up, and my quilt was hovering a few feet in the air above me, through the gap in the dark, and the floating quilt, I could see something shuffling around the edge of my bed, back and forth. The familiar feeling of fear that came with her held me in place, scared shitless of what she was going to do next. To my absolute horror, the figure climbed underneath the hovering quilt at the foot of the bed. It slowly worked its way up over my body until she was on top of me, and we were face to face. Her hair trailed across my skin, and she smelt of damp earth. Then she spoke. You thought I was gone, she hissed, and I could do 
and all I could do was try and scream myself awake. Oh my god. Suddenly, the quilt dropped back onto the bed, and I bolted upright, finally awake. That's crazy. The quilt, which I usually cocooned myself inside, was stuffed down on the floor between my bed frame and the wall with the window that looked out into the street. I refused to sleep at my house the next night, telling my friend I couldn't believe she was back after all this time had passed. Mm. My last encounter I ever had with her was odd to say the least, as it seemed as if she couldn't get as close to me as usual. Again in my dream, I awoke and she had me by the throat, both of us dangling in the air over my bed. Here, she was her younger self, with her porcelain skin, her fair hair, and all. She was staring into my soul as I struggled to breathe. I can't explain the look she had on her face. It wasn't anger, disgust, I don't know, just a cold indifference to me that may be a hint of defeat. It felt different, and although I woke up struggling to breathe and with a sore neck, I don't think she actually had been inside the room with me. This was the last I ever saw of her, and I hopefully ever will. I questioned myself early on whether it was a form of sleep paralysis, but I know that it wasn't. I haven't suffered with it before or since. Wow. Um, ay, 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 that would be terrifying. It reminds me of the first season of Haunting on Hill House, like the first yes. couple of episodes, where it it it, ju- it it balances on that knife edge of is it sleep paralysis or is it real? Right. Is it in your head or is it real? And that shit to me is terrifying. I mean, especially it grabs your heart, like it's like heartburn or something like that, acid yeah. reflux, or right. maybe you're having a heart attack. Um, or a panic attack, but then, you, but then you also have like the the part of it where it's like there are vivid images that you see and you feel, and you remember all of it, and you remember all of it, like the freaking quilt moving, like that's like you can't write. It's harder to write that off as just like ah, I'm I have a little indigestion from the Mexican I ate last night, Mexican yeah. food, not Mexican. You don't eat a Mexican, that'd be weird. But you get my point, like. Because like I think most like adult men probably have had acid reflux or heartburn once in a while. So you wake up gasping, whatever. But the idea is like, you don't see a creepy purge lady, like, like in the room with you. That adds a very, (laughs) adds a whole new level of terror or the voices. So, wow, that is, you know, and guys, let us know in the comment section or let, let, you know, let us know in Facebook or YouTube world. Like, what do you guys think of that? Do you think something like that is purely paranormal or do you think it's something that we can explain away i mean this is something that happens to a lot of people so it's kind of hard to be like ah it's all incidents are completely false i have family that would say that it's a demon i know <laughs> i mean i'm not really telling you that I'm... no 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 I, yeah yeah she has family members that do think it's a demon and that's the p the npr announcement for the day um no no but but in all seriousness yeah yeah like there are people out there that do believe it's a demon and I, what I, what my point is let me recontextualize it let's say there's a hundred cases of this easily more than that but there's a hundred cases mm-hmm. even if one percent are correct that's still a lot mm-hmm. in the sense that's still a big mind blow 
That's the thing with all these ghost stories. If there's a billion ghost stories, the only number that makes sense if 0% are correct. You know what I mean? And that's like statistically, I think almost impossible. Yeah. And that's what's so crazy. I think about the ghost side of things compared to like cryptids and things of like that, where you can get into the lore of why it exists and, and maybe it was something else. Why they were made up. Or yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Or it was a real creature, but people like back then kind of thought of it as something else. And through the years it grows, yeah. but ghost stories that you can, I don't know, you can write away a little bit, but again, it comes back to that same thing. If you have a thousand cases, the only number that would make complete, like pure logical sense is 0% are true. If 1% is true, that changes, I think, the way I think, man, like human beings look at the idea of the supernatural and the afterlife. Mm-hmm. And that's mind blowing if you think of it that way. Like yeah. the only thing that could factually be true if you're against ghosts is 0% of every encounter in history is false. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've listened to podcasts talking about what truths are and stuff and like how a lot of this stuff is based in some kind of. Uh, of reality yeah whether it's like you know in some cultures people wouldn't eat pork and people like with a religious context but then you think about it like that well that's because if you don't cook pork all the way through you can you could die oh that makes sense you know porcupines throwing their quills well they don't throw their quills but if you get close to a porcupine you get hurt and so these rumors start and so you wonder with this and maybe people were taking drugs such as acid and, and whatever that maybe that's crazy hallucinogens of ghosts but on the same token there's always that possibility. Yeah. And I think that's what's just so interesting about it. Cause like these people, you know, and especially nowadays, that's what's so crazy. It's like 200, 300 years ago, much easier to write right, it off. Right. Much easier. But nowadays it's like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. Is it, is it somebody with like a, a what was it called? A um, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, I think. Like you have people like that, but are you saying like every single person that's ever seen a ghost has, has schizophrenia? And, and it always gets me back to the the big story I think that blew up our channel to an extent was Amityville. Mm-hmm. How how do you explain how that? do you explain that shit right. when the cop like it's not just like a couple of people even all they're loony the cops got involved mm-hmm. and the cops are like this doesn't make sense and right. like that makes that so scary but you think about that like the priest yeah the priest yeah and so if you don't want to believe the family are you not going to believe the priest and then you're not going to believe the police reports right. it's like. And I don't know, that blows my mind when we talk about this ghost stuff. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but like some of them have got to be true. Right. Because I don't think 0% is the correct statistical thing. Like even lottery, like think about this. And this is my last thought and I'll end it. <laughs> even the lottery does not have a 0% chance of winning. Right. And that's the lottery. Mm-hmm. It's like what? 0.1.2% chance of winning the lottery. But the point is statistically, there's still a chance that somebody does, ha- somebody has to win the lottery every time. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a ghost story, I think, too. It's like, you're right. It's like winning the lottery, but somebody does. Somebody wins that lottery. And I, and I think of that with the ghost stories. That's what makes me kind of like, I don't know. It, I think of that with a Ouija board. Yeah. Intrigued that. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe the Ouija board is like the problem I have with the Ouija board is the fact that it's a mass, pro- 